Welcome to What She Said. I'm your host, Candace Sampson, and I'm coming to you for the fourth week now from my home studio. And we have some reason for cautious optimism, people. This week, Dr. Teresa Tam shared that where COVID-19 cases were doubling every three days or so, that has now stretched out to roughly every 10 days. So you are doing an amazing job keeping people safe by staying at home. So sit back with your favorite beverage and join me for some great interviews this week on what she said. Right off the top, we've all seen those memes that nobody wants an unnecessary trip to the hospital right now. But what if you're expecting? Amanda DeGrace joins me to share what to expect when you're expecting during COVID-19 and how to prepare for your hospital delivery. Being quarantined is stressful. Being quarantined with teens can push even the most patient parent over the edge. Erica M. joins in with me this week to discuss some coping tools and an online support group for parents of teens who need a gut check every once in a while to make sure they're on the right track. And Brody is bringing us a list of intriguing watches to dive into for another week of binge watching, plus the latest and greatest out on streaming services this week. We've all been staring at the walls in our homes long enough to be craving some changes now, but how do you decorate when the stores are closed? Sarah Gunn is here to share her best tips for brightening up your home this spring on a budget and while maintaining physical distancing guidelines. And finally, while our kids are locked safely in the house with us right now, there is no doubt they are spending an inordinate amount of time online. And that could lead to some disastrous outcomes once social distancing rules relax. Shreya Patel is joining me to share the indicators and signs of human trafficking, a growing problem in Canada. Let's jump in. Welcome to What She Said. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a, a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Amanda DeGrace is the founder and owner of Little Lotus Yoga, a company specializing in prenatal, postnatal, and family yoga classes and offers teacher training programs across Canada. Amanda is a mom of three under the age of 10 and is deeply rooted in the birthing community as a family advisor with the Champlain Maternal Newborn Regional Program and at many local health centers and hospitals. She is joining me today to discuss what expecting moms should expect in a COVID-19 environment. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. So I guess the first question is, is it safe uh, for people to be in hospitals during COVID-19 and having babies? Yeah, that's a great question and something that I think is on a lot of people's minds. We're seeing in a lot of different mom Facebook groups and online people saying, should I have a home birth now? 
it's really important that people know that at this time, it's still extremely safe to have to give birth at the hospital of your choice. A lot of people would say it's probably one of the safer places to give birth because there's so many protocols and regulations put into place. And we have access to the best healthcare providers all across Canada. So at this time, it's extremely safe to still give birth at your local hospital. Um, I don't think it's something, you know, it's we have a lot of fears during pregnancy and around pregnancy and birth. And if we can take that one fear off of an expecting mom's plate, I think it's going to help a lot of people to really breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, you know, and I think we're all seeing those memes on the internet and things, you know, like moms everywhere are saying, don't do that because we are not going to an emergency room right now. Exactly. So I think that 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 will feed into sort of that anxiety people have about being at the hospital. So let's talk about um, going to the hospital then. So what do people need to be doing then? Yeah, so what you need to know is when you're going to the hospital, make sure beforehand that you've checked in with your healthcare provider and your birthplace of choice to understand what protocol they have in place. So every hospital and every birth center has a slightly different protocol. They're, they're generally the same, but things are changing minute by minute, hour by hour. So even as we discuss this right now, things may be changing later on down the road. So give them a call and understand what their protocol is. A lot of places, most places, you and your birthing partner need to pass the screening of the signs and symptoms for COVID-19 to make sure that you don't have any of those symptoms that you're bringing into the hospital. Obviously, as the birthing person, if you do have those signs and symptoms, you're, they're still going to admit you, but they're going to take some different um, precautions for you throughout. If your birthing partner has signs and symptoms of COVID-19, unfortunately, they are most likely not going to be able to attend the birth with you. So you want to know that before before you go. And then it's really, really important that people are making a detailed list of everything they need to bring with them to their birthplace of choice. Because once you and your birthing partner are at the hospital, you're not able to leave. So, I mean, for most of us, when we've given birth in the past, your partner would go and get food or go out to the car and get some extra things that maybe you brought. But at this time, once you're in your room, you are there until you leave with that baby in your arms. So it's really important you understand everything you should be bringing with you from, you know, shampoo, food for you and your birth partner, everything you think you might need over a couple day hospital stay, pack with you and bring with you when you go to have your baby. Yeah, so it would be extra important in sort of light of COVID-19 to be really super uh a detailed and efficient uh, because like you said once you're in there is no leaving until you go home with that baby <laughs> exactly and normally we tell people like leave it in the car don't bring it all in but this is the one time now with COVID-19 bring it all in you're better safe than sorry of thinking oh I wish I would have brought that take all the extra things roll your suitcases up into triage and make sure that you have the comforts that you would like okay so you go home with the baby and we're in a postpartum COVID world. Uh, how are we dealing with that now? Postpartum 
in its own, as you and I both know, can really throw you for a whirlwind. And when, not, when you don't have the same in-person resources of being able to go and get your baby weighed or go to a breastfeeding drop-in or go see an expert to help you of like, what do I do with this new baby now? It's important that parents understand there's still a ton of resources online and postpartum support options through the virtual world, which can also be a little overwhelming for someone who's brought a new baby home. So we highly recommend that you make a list of what virtual offerings are you know, in your community or maybe offered in the World Wide Web that you're interested in from breastfeeding drop-ins, well baby check-ins, even trying to find a group of parents who have a little one of similar age as you, so you're in that newborn stage together, that you can connect into. A lot of public health centers are also offering daily uh, call-in lines. So you can call and ask a public health nurse questions you may have about your baby. So there's lots of resources available. Try to think about it during pregnancy, not once you bring that newborn home and you're thinking, what now? Right. You're already sort of drifting a little bit when you come home. So it's important to have that in place uh, before uh, this happens. Okay. So let's talk about um, expectations with family and friends, because as you, we both know, when a baby is born, everybody wants to rush over and hug the baby. I mean, there's nothing better than new baby smell. Uh, so, you know, but this is just not possible right now. So how are we setting expectations around that? You know, I think it's important we're having those conversations again beforehand. And, and I keep saying we need to have the conversations before we have baby and plan before we have baby because what happens is we plan for pregnancy and birth and a lot of times we don't plan for the postpartum stage because we don't know what we don't know until we actually are in it and are like, oh no, I need to have these resources. So setting expectations up with family and friends beforehand of, you know, when we bring the baby home, we're going to have a daily Zoom or FaceTime chat at one o'clock every day. You can see the baby and how they're growing and what they're doing. Family, you know, sometimes they're still going to say, well, can I just come over? I've been at home. I've been quarantined. And it's really important that people understand for the health and well-being of that brand new newborn and for the birthing family that they are staying protected. So it's not the time to sneak grandma in for a little visit. You know, she can come to the window or do those daily FaceTimes. A lot of people are going to say, how can we help? And it's important that we're not turning that help away. So have people pick up your groceries. Tell them what your favorite foods and snacks are. So you don't need to worry about cooking during this time. People can drop them off to your porch. If you have older children, maybe set up a story time where, you know, your friend zooms in 10 o'clock every morning and they read your older one a story, play some games. So you can have a little bit of quiet time with just your newborn so you know don't turn people away there's a lot of different ways they can still help from dis a distance and virtually yeah and I think that's the important thing to remember for us right now is that it's it, it is that time to get creative use the technology we have you can still be connected and it's different uh, just know that those those in real life hugs are coming right exactly they'll be even better when they do come down the road Okay, so you talk um, about be prepared to possibly self-quarantine before going to the hospital. So why do you suggest that? 
as I mentioned, if your birthing partner, your labor support person has any signs and symptoms of COVID-19, they are most likely not going to be able to attend the birth with you. And 99.99% of the population, you know, we're going to want our birth support person there with us. So we can reduce the chance of them having signs and symptoms beforehand by quarantining yourself and your birth partner a few weeks before you're due to give birth. And that's going to help increase the likelihood of being healthy and well and your birth birthing partner be able to attend the birth with you. That being said, we also recommend though that you have a backup labor and birth support person. So maybe if your husband's planning to go with you, maybe your mom can self-quarantine as well for a few weeks. So in case something happens and your husband's not able to attend, your mom or your best friend or you know someone else is going to be there with you. As birthing people, that's one of our biggest fears of who's going to be our support team and be there for us in those vulnerable moments of giving birth and so have that backup person in place and if everyone plays it safe by quarantining the few weeks before higher likelihood that everyone you know your your birth partner is going to be able to come with you okay uh this has been hugely helpful i i mean i'm not even expecting and i feel better about this so <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and sharing thank today you. i'm sure you have calmed some serious fears out there if people want to find you online amanda where do they go yeah, so our website is littlelotusyoga.ca, the same handle on Instagram and over on Facebook as well. Incredible. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming up on 105.9 The Region. Peter and Paul's and 105.9 The Region are good neighbors. To show you just how good, we're going to send one lucky follower a care package full of delicious treats from Peter and Paul's. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, tag a friend, and you are eligible for delivery of The Favorites from Peter and Paul's. Contest closes April 22nd. Hi, I'm Vic Lowry, General Manager of Maple Honda. We've helped thousands of people just like you. We do things a lot differently here at Maple Honda, and our guests tell us they love it. But don't take my word for it. Check out our Google reviews at maplehonda.com. We are here for your Honda, here for you. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 1059 The Region. Erica M. is the creator and leading force behind Co., a native advertising influencer marketing agency in Toronto and founder of YMC, one of Canada's leading online platforms for moms. She is also currently quarantined with two teenagers, which is going to be the basis for our discussion today because we are here to help moms with teens. <laughs> What's so funny is that you and I were supposed to do this interview a few minutes ago, and I was like, Candace, I can't do it. My daughter just came into the kitchen. She emerged from her lair to make some food, and I couldn't talk about this right in front of her because I'm kind of speaking about her. So I wanted well, her to feel, go back. I feel like my children, so I have three teenagers in the house right now with me, and they have become completely nocturnal. 
So we are literally just ships in the night. Um, as I am going to bed, they are sort of getting geared up for the night. Well, you know what's so funny is this morning I went into my daughter's room. I always go every morning just to make sure she's still breathing. And she was awake and she was on her computer. So two weird things. She looked like she was working on her computer and she was awake. Two things that are really incongruous with who she is. I said, what's going on? She goes, mom, I was up all night. I finally did my homework. <laughs> so it's like her homework is two weeks late and she just got inspired. So she stayed up all night to do it. I don't know. Like this is the new normal. And that's the thing. There is no normal, I think, in this situation. And I think that we are being inundated online with, you know, pictures and, and you know, how to keep your family productive and on course. And, and it's, just, it's just a farce. How does anybody know what to do in a pandemic with families in, right. in this particular age? That's insane. I mean, for me, there's a lot of talk about screen time. And so here's my rule. There isn't one. Again, my poor daughter and son are locked up like animals. These kids are supposed to be roaming free. I'm okay staying home. This pandemic sucks, but I work from home. I don't have to put on clothes that much. It's fine for me. But for teenagers who live and breathe, being out socializing, connecting, learning, experiencing, getting into trouble, this is all normal. They can't do any of it. And they have their parents breathing down their throats yeah. all day and all night. Yeah. I mean, it's a horror show. I, I, I feel so bad for them. Yeah. And I there's also that thing with being a teenager that there is this in, innate push to be independent. And it is impossible under the current circumstances to exercise any independence at all because we are literally living under the, all these rules. We're all living under these rules. You yeah. can't go out. You can't be with a crowd. You can't be in a public space. So for, like you said, for us as adults, it's, it's fine. It's an inconvenience that we're, we're learning to deal with. But for teens where this is literally instinctual for them to be pushing back against authority and establishing that independence, this has to be very, very hard. My daughter says to me, no less than five times, that's five times a day, mom, I need to move out. She's 16. <laughs> mom, I'm like, really, I really need to move out. I said, yes, you do. You are, you are right. You do need to move out. First, we're just going to finish school. We're going to finish our homework. You know, we're just going to, you know, start small. But yes, you ultimately do need to move out. But so, yeah, we both agree that this is really horrific for teenagers right now. Now, but here's a, a, a weird thing. This morning, my daughter kind of said, or she did say in a kind of low voice, kind of like this, mom. And there is this, this flip side. Number one, she has anxiety, like 87% of all teenagers. There's no more FOMO because there's no mo happening anymore. You know, it's done. So her anxiety in terms of what am I missing and why can't I be a part of it and why does she look good? Everybody looks terrible. Nobody's doing anything interesting. And so that bar has been um, leveled out and she's a little more content now. And I think a lot of teenagers are feeling that kind of um, the social media piece, that buzz 
is dropping a little bit. Well, we're, well, we're recognizing that teens are going through some stuff. I think we also need to step back and say, holy cow, parents are going through some stuff too of teens because there's nothing more um, contentious probably than the parent-teen relationship. And, and parents are also trapped in houses with their teenagers. So you have this space you've created uh, on Facebook that I'm actually a member of and I think is such a great space. But tell me a little bit about that space and how it's helping right now. So I had no idea, to be honest, that there was going to be a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but a couple of years ago when my daughter turned 14 and life became somewhat unbearable for me personally, I started this little private Facebook group. Um, it's called the Parents of Teens Survival Group. It's private. So what happens in the group stays in the group. And I'm picky about who I let in. I mean, you have to answer questions. You need to qualify to get into the group. And the idea is for all of us to share anecdotes, to ask questions, ask for help, resources. Am I crazy? Is this happening? Has anybody experienced this? So the other day, I'm going to tell you, can I tell you what happened? So Yes, absolutely. Okay. So my daughter has been begging for independence and I truly do want to give it to her. But like you said, we're living in a very close quarters and it's hard to navigate the house so that she has her own space. And so she's, I said to her, how about if we only communicate via text for the foreseeable future? I said, come downstairs whenever you want. Of course, I'll talk to you in person, but I understand that you really want it, me to keep a distance, but we still need to communicate. So let's just do it via text. And I promise not to just walk into your room. She said, thank you, mom. That would be so great. And so the next day at around noon, I opened up, her, I flung open her door. I said, morning, Jess. And I was like, oh, what did I just do? And I literally, I put my hand over my mouth in horror and I started weeping right in front of her. And she's like, mom, what's wrong? And I was like, I just broke my promise to you. I told you that I wouldn't walk in unannounced and I just did it. And she's like, it's okay, mom, I'm crying, <laughs> like crazed. And my daughter's saying, it's okay, mom. It, it just means you love me and I know it. And then I cried more. And that was my breaking point. That was my first sort of, I lost it moment. My, it's my COVID breakdown. My first of probably many COVID breakdowns. And it really speaks to the dance that we love our teens so much. We want to be there. We want to protect them. We want to give them, you know, anything to fill the void that I feel that they're experiencing. And at the same time, I'm stepping on her toes. Right. It's and hard. so I think the, the, what's great about that group, though, mm. is that it allows for you to have that gut check, um, you know, on both sides of things, you know, I have seen moms go in there and say, I did this. And you know, what do you think? And people will give them opinions. And I've seen, I've seen actual opinions changed. There's also that thing where, you know, teens have this way of making you think you're crazy. And so it's good to go in and go, is this normal? Because it's, it really is um, a really great uh, way to see if this is the norm. Maybe, maybe you are crazy, maybe you're not, but it's always good to have somebody there to check that with. When I posted that story, uh, I got such amazing feedback. Most of the people saying, oh, look, you're human. And other people saying, uh, I did the same thing or I lost it the other day, you know, or, you know, 
you know, it'll be okay and we're all going crazy. And it made me feel so much better and it made me uh, love this group even more. So if anybody is listening, watching to us right now, Candice, you are formally invited to join the Parents of Teens Survival Group. Um, and it's really a very happy sort of place, like a Pleasantville for parents of teens where we want to treat each other with respect, with kid gloves, so to speak, because we've all been kicked so much <laughs> over the last few years because of our teenagers. This is where we try and support each other. It's open to men and women, to moms and dads, and, um, but it's predominantly moms that are in there. Okay, wonderful. So I'm going to put that link up on the video. And uh, for people listening on the radio, uh, they can find it on Facebook. Uh, it's the Teen Survival, Parents Teen Survival Group? Yeah. Correct. Super. So thank you so much for joining me, Erica. I'm sure we're going to have a rush of people to get into this group right now who are currently at home with teenagers. Uh, and, uh, and remember, we'll have- you know, this too shall pass. Exactly. It will pass. And it's going to be a while. And our kids will learn. They'll learn, you know, for example, instant gratification. That's for some, for, to some degree has disappeared. Like there was those kinds of things that our kids will be better when they come out. I really do think that, you know, if you, if you sort of twist it and look at it, you're, you're spending more time. Your kids will always remember this. And it will become a fond memory in, in months and years to come. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to have you back again. Uh, we have lots of uh, great things to talk about going <laughs> forward. Uh, so I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Erica. Thanks. Bye, Candice. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Joining me now for Saturday Night at the Movies is the lovely Ann Brody, who has been bringing us some amazing treats over the last few weeks in self-isolation. And this week is no different. Uh, She's bringing us some great new stuff on all of the streaming services out there, in addition to a nice roundup of some intrigue movies we can get into. Intrigue movies. I love these. Films like The Witch, The Lighthouse, the Fargo's, the films and the TV series. By the way, they're working on season four finally, but they shut down production. Um, and uh, the clip is uh, on the website and you'll see it. It's fantastic. Well, you uh, mentioned one in there, Anne, uh, Twin Peaks. I had totally forgot about Twin Peaks. It's a great show. Did you see the reboot? I, <laughs> that was in 2017. Yeah, David wow. Lynch series with the same people. Oh, I completely missed it. So now I have time to catch up. So that's great. I'm going to start yeah, at the beginning. I think that would, be, that would be a great place. And someone who I really admire, um, Cornelia Guest. I don't know if you know that name, but 
uh, she's in it. She doesn't do a lot of acting. She's a, a, an animal rights activist and the former Deb of the decade in New York in the 80s. Um, anyway, she's in it. So it's, it's very cool. But again, it's the original cast members reunited all these years later. So tell me what's new sort of uh, in this space. Okay. So Lady Gaga is throwing a party Saturday night tonight. And everyone's invited. It's on in, an incredible number of platforms. Again, it's on the blog. And star, 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 everyone. Lizzo, Paul McCartney. It just, Elton John, it just is mind-bending how she's managed to get all these people together to do a, I guess, from home concert. It's not a fundraiser. She has actually raised millions and millions of dollars already. But my word is, it, it may not be a fundraiser, but if you're inspired, go ahead and donate to the World Health Organization or Red Cross. Um, yeah, so that's going to be exciting. It, it just wall-to-wall -wall celebrities. And then we have um, uh, Netflix. <laughs> oh, God, I love this series so much. It's a new one. Kenya Barris, who created and uh, wrote Grownish, Blackish, and Mixedish. He's now starring in a not for prime time TV series called Black AF, hashtag Black AF. And it's really salty. The language is salty, which is why it's not on mainstream TV. But Netflix has it. And I'm telling you, it's hilarious. <laughs> I can't repeat any of the lines. I just can't, but they're hysterical. Rashida Jones plays his wife. Oh, she's and, great. I love her. Oh, and she's. <laughs> She's a lawyer who worked with RBG in, in Blackish AF. Um, and she's got a mouth on her too. And they've got these kids. There's one they're all terrified of. There's one who, who is so embarrassed by their parents' conspicuous consumption. And there's a little timid boy. And the only likable one in the whole family is the baby. <laughs> they go to restaurants and they meet other celebrities or they're ignored by other celebrities, including Catherine Reitman from Canada. And Scooter Braun and other interesting people. But, you know, he's, he's, his children diss him because he wears tracksuits and gold chains all the time. And he says, if a white person wears tracksuit and gold chains, it's racist. So that's mild. <laughs> but it's very amusing. And I highly recommend it. Well, we could, we, we could use amusing right now. Yeah. Kind of, kind of jaw-dropping at times, too. And just well worth it. Excellent. Okay. And what else do we have? We have something called Honor on Topic, and it's about four female lawyers, sisters, who work together. Now, a woman's been to the police uh, half a dozen times to report her abusive boyfriend. Nothing was ever done about it. It's set in, in Sweden. So she's murdered. And then they, so these four sisters come forward to offer their help and to launch investigations with police and journalists. Then the journalist is killed. This is really hot stuff. Now topic is relatively new. So check it out. And again, this series is called honor spelled the correct way. O U R. So check that one. Spelled the right Canadian way, <laughs> the Canadian way, the only way, which is the right way. And also there's a series on BritBox called Scarborough. Scarborough is a seaside resort town, and it's about all the characters who live there, and each one is so beautifully defined. Honestly, it's so unexpected. I started to watch it, and I went, well, this is a bit corny. No, it's not. It's hysterical. And there's a couple of characters I actually 
will keep going back just to see what they do. It's really well written. Big hit in England, and now it's here on BritBox. Okay, we talked about Run This Town before, uh, but it is out yep, now. and it's on, theatrical release. Right. And now it's out on DVD. And a lot of people have been saying to me, I want to see this. I really need to. And it, there's been nothing until now. So it's on VOD and uh, digital download. And, of course, it's Damien Lewis, uh, your crush, <laughs> Rob Ford. And uh, Mina Massoud plays his uh, Toronto boy, who plays Aladdin, actually. He is his assistant, who's actually his, his keeper, his, his, you know, guard, because Ford's character is so deeply addicted, he can't do anything. So all these staff members make all the decisions and are his proxy, which I didn't realize. And of course, the drug situation, the, the person coming forward to a journalist with the footage of Ford smoking crack with dealers. So I know there's so much curiosity, but it didn't have a huge release when it came out. But now it's available for everyone to see at home. Excellent. And so with all of us spending time in our kitchen, let's leave with the queen of the kitchen, uh, Julia Child. I am so excited about this. The French chef, every single episode is being aired on Amazon Prime Video. And if you've ever seen her, I used to watch her back in the day, and she'd fling things around, and she'd beat them, and she'd chop them, and they'd fly all over the place. She never lost her composure, and she was usually able to make a joke about it. So witty and so elegant. And, of course, you saw her life story in Julie and Julia, uh, the movie which came out not that long ago. Um, it's tremendous. It's so much fun. You can't believe that a cook would do the things that she does. And it all works out. It's, it's just a glorious time. It's so much fun. Excellent. I'm going to be looking for that this week. And you're going to be back next week with uh, some more new releases for us. And yeah, I lots. suspect uh, maybe a new genre for us to get into uh, as we continue our, our lockdown. And if everybody wants to see the clips of this, they can go to What She Said Talk to, to get all of this. And our video will be up on Facebook this week. Excellent. Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Big Brothers Big Sisters of York is evolving. We are focusing on the big three. The organization, the big, the family, coming together to forge a new path for all young people to realize their full potential. We stand for youth and know the simplest acts create the biggest impact. And these acts can empower potential everywhere. Join us and stand up for young people. More mentors, more matches. You can be the spark to ignite a young person's potential. We are bigger together. For more information, visit BBB. SY.ca. Unusual times call for unusual measures. At Sixth Sense Spa, we put the health and welfare of our staff and clients before all else, so we are closed to prevent the spread of COVID-19. We hope to see you as soon as the situation permits, and we wish you good health in the meantime. These are unprecedented times, but Ren's Pets Priority remains the care and safety of your pets. We are open for your pet's needs, and we encourage you to check the hours for your nearest Ren's Pets location at renspets.com. You can also check out the steps we are taking to secure our customers and our associates' health. Let's keep all loved ones safe. 
Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. Gunn is an Oakville-based designer and a regular design and lifestyle expert on CityLine. She is dedicated to providing creative content for media, brands, and private clients that tell their story in the most beautiful way. Her design work has been featured on TV and in numerous publications, including HGTV Magazine, Canadian Living, House and Home, and Today's Parent. Sarah recently launched Mint House Studio, selling colorful art prints just waiting for a happy home. Sarah is joining me today because we have all been overanalyzing our homes since we've been stuck in them for about four weeks now. <laughs> so she's going to share some tips for brightening things up while maintaining stay-at-home guidelines. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I'm sitting at home and I have been in this one room in particular where I'm recording my show and because I spend so much time in it now, I'm sick of everything in it. I hate the paint. I don't like the curtains, you know, um, and I want to change it up, but I, I can't get out to the stores. So what, how do we manage this? Another thing that we probably have to address is that we all have kind of different energy levels right now because of the stress. So there are small projects you can take on at this time, or if you have the energy and uh, the time, then you can take on a bigger project. So let's just start off little. And this is where I started. I just needed something to keep me busy and to make this space feel more organized because I like you, I work from home and I'm in my home all the time, but I'm not in my home all the time with everybody else in my home all the time. So it takes on a different life, right? So I just started doing little projects. So for me, first and foremost is declutter. Take this time to kind of organize your spaces and especially the ones that you're in the most because they're the ones you're looking at the most. And I do think having an organized space helps alleviate stress, which I think we could all use right now, right? Yeah, I feel so, like in the first week of this shutdown, all I saw was on Instagram uh, stories was everybody's spice cabinet and spice drawers yes. being reorganized. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing about that. It's so weird because it's a small project. So I don't recommend let's tear apart your entire kitchen and reorganize it from top to bottom because that's going to feel too overwhelming for all of us right now. We have enough going on. But I just did my pantry cupboard. And that was a you know, a couple of hours of time. It didn't leave a mess behind because that's again, adding to your stress. I did our liquor cabinet. Um, I found out we had eight bottles of champagne. That's an excellent find. <laughs> right? So I will know. admit I have color coded my closet. I have gone in and nice. put everything in order of color and, you know, and category. And so I've, I've definitely spent some time organizing that space. So there's still more spaces to find for sure. Well, yeah, or even just your drawers of your dresser or whatever, it makes a difference. And then, you know, it allows you to kind of edit things that you no longer want to have in your home, right? And then if you, if you are editing and wanting to get rid of stuff, I don't know if you did that with your closet. Do you get rid of anything that you didn't want anymore? I did get a few, but less than I would have normally because I, 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 I can't get it to the store. So I'm, I'm like thinking right. now, maybe I want to keep this for another season. So, which mm -hmm. is actually an odd thing to be going through for me because normally I would definitely edit, get rid of, and uh, of some things mm -hmm. to the Goodwill before I brought new things in the house. So that's sort of changed a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. Because yeah, I, you know, normally when I do TV, I would want to originally for years would buy something new to wear every single time. And then the last few months before this even started, I was like, well, you know what, I have a closet full of dresses that just feels really frivolous and unnecessary. So I've already started to recycle some stuff. So um, and obviously now I'm shopping my closet for everything I'm doing because you have a choice. Um, 
but yeah, like let's say if you are editing and wanting to get rid of stuff, we can't really donate right now. Like you already said, I don't feel comfortable selling things online in the Facebook groups like I did before because I, I know I'm taking the proper precautions, but I don't want to be responsible for anyone getting sick in any, you know what I mean? I just don't want to take that risk. So um, we've just cleared out a spot again in a space that we don't look at every day. It's in our spare room. And that's where I'm kind of putting clothes the kids have outgrown. Okay. Yeah. So what else can we be doing to pass the hours here? Okay. Well, this one's, this one's a good little escape one and it's easy and everyone can do it. It's sourcing inspiration. I think before, and I mean, designers do this too, before you decorate a room, let's say you want to do your office, your kitchen, wherever, go online, especially sites like Pinterest and just start collecting images of spaces that you love. It's so important. And then make note, like you have to be really specific about what you like about the room. Is it the paint color? Is it the architecture, like the trim around the windows and the doors? Is it um, the cushions that they have and the patterns? Is it the shape of the furniture? Just make note of all of those things so you can start to get an idea of what you love. Because I think for a lot of people, when they think about decorating a room, they're overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. So finding images of things that you love is a great starting point. Okay, fantastic. So let's talk about paint a little bit because paint is one for me that I yeah. feel like I should have to go into the store and look at paint chips before I could pick one. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly that's not an option right now. So how do we pick paint? Okay. So, I mean, even I have those paint chips at home that I, for almost every brand, right? Just because that's what I do. I still don't find them all that helpful. They're tiny. So if you know a general color that you like, again, Pinterest is an amazing resource. You can go on there and search um, you know, best light blues and designers have already curated collections for you um, in images that you can then go and research further. Even if I pick a color, like I painted our kitchen island a pale blue before I committed to that color, I did a search for that color online and I found rooms that had it in there. And then you could really get a better idea of whether or not you'll be comfortable having it in your space. And the great thing is uh, a lot of stores are having, um, curbside pickup for paint. So you don't have to obviously go in anywhere or be in contact with anyone. You can get the materials you need and bring it home. And that's a major, such an easy do-it-yourself project. Anybody can paint a wall. Or even if you don't want to do something that big, if you have a piece of furniture that needs a little bit of love, do that instead. Paint a piece of furniture, paint a door a nice happy color. Doesn't have oh, to that's be a great idea. I do like that actually, painting a door, just a bright sort of spring color to, to, to cheer things up, right? Yeah, all um, of our so bedroom doors are painted, yeah. Where, where are you shopping online right now? Like where are the best spaces to find things to change the decor, just little, little things that can brighten a space. Where are you looking online right now? Um, well, I'm actually, I decided that I was going to redo our front hallway while we're home. So I've been sourcing on Wayfair for that. Um, it's one of my favorite sites for a couple of reasons. Number one, they have a huge selection, so you're going to find something. Number two, the reviews. You really want to go on a site, especially a site like that where it's kind of feels overwhelming with choice. You want to read the reviews. That's the most important part of the site. Well, no, second most important. I'll tell you the other one in a sec. Uh, look at the reviews and most importantly, look at the pictures that regular consumers are posting of the item in their space because the, the stock photos that the brands are using aren't necessarily really truly representative of the color. And that's the major thing. Um, but then the other thing is, oh my gosh, check your measurements a thousand times of the piece and make sure it'll fit in your space. Uh, I once ordered salad plates that were like the palm of my hand in size because I just didn't even think about it. And I, you know, thank God it wasn't a sofa that didn't fit into my front well, door or whatever, but still. Speaking of sofas, I almost ordered one the other day um, for the space uh, at, at my place. And 
thankfully I did check the measurements because it would have been about three feet too big. <laughs> so that would have been a terrible thing yeah. to have to cope with you when, can't you know, tell. yeah, I mean, and, and, and I loved it, but unfortunately I just would not have fit. So, so I'm glad that I did check the measurements on that. No. Another area for me that I struggle with yeah. is sort of confidence in decor. And thankfully, so you're still doing online consultations, right? So this is a good way to get people, get some insight into maybe what you should pick, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're still feeling kind of like it's too much and you're overwhelmed and you want help, designers have always and are still offering online services. So I did this with a client two months ago where she wanted to help with her office and, um, she, you know, she lives on the other side of Toronto and uh, she wanted to conference at like 9.30 in the morning. She said, why don't I just video you in? I'll give you a walkthrough of the space. I'll tell you what I need. I'll do the measurements. And then you come up with a design plan. And people now, especially, that's a great service. And you can ask designers for help with smaller items a la carte, like picking out art, maybe just choosing a right sofa for the space or bedding for your bedroom. And they'll charge by the hour. Or you can do an entire room and you'll get a floor plan, um, an itemized list, a mood board to kind of show you the overall look, and along like obviously with options to add or remove items, right, as you see fit, that fit into your budget, you know. Um, it's a really great service, and obviously now designers, like I would only be sourcing things you could find online, or I love the idea of too, trying to find smaller local places that um, offer curbside pickup because it's really important to support the small businesses too. Um, and one I love for that actually that is Canadian is Rainsford Company. That's a really good one. I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but I love their decor. Okay. Okay. Incredible. So if people want to connect with you, then where can they find you online, Sarah? Um, I spend most of my time on Instagram at Sarah Gun Style, and then my website is saragun.com. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. Don't get me started. I'm trying to get a hold on. Shreya Patel in the fall of 2019, which in our current pandemic reality feels like a lifetime ago. Shreya joined us to discuss her documentary, Girl Up, which sheds a light on domestic human trafficking and about being an honoree for the Women's Achiever Award 2020 for Youth Leadership. In light of several news stories I read in the weeks leading up to our lockdown, I felt it was important to have Shreya back to discuss a little more in depth the indicators and signs of domestic human trafficking. Welcome back to the show, Shreya. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being back. So, you know, I, it was funny because I, before the show aired, I said to you, do you think this is a bigger problem uh, 
in under current circumstances or less. And when I started to think about it, I thought, it's interesting that we're all in lockdown right now and our children, particularly our daughters, are probably um, you know, dealing with unlimited screen time that we probably don't know what's going on. And I wonder if there is a, a group of girls currently being groomed in isolation for when we go back to uh, normal. That's so interesting that you just said that because that is probably very true. Like this is just my opinion. I don't know the stats currently what's going on, but a lot of these traffickers do look at social media and find these victims on social media. In, for example, like Instagram, TikTok, a lot of people these days, young girls especially, are on TikTok. That is probably true what you're saying. They're probably getting in touch with these girls, trying to lure them in. So after this is over, it's easy for them to send them back in the, in the trafficking world, so to say. Right. Because as a mother and as a mother of teenagers, I understand that there, there's this strive for independence and this need to be uh, separate from your parents. And, and right now they, they don't get that, right? Because they are locked down essentially. And so this rebellion could be happening very well behind the scenes that you're unaware of um, that is yeah. going to be, create problems down the road. So I really think it's important that we talk sort of a, through what parents need to look for uh, in particular, some really concrete signs that this might be happening to their children. Because as I said to you, one of the articles I read about um, uh, sex trafficking and human trafficking happened in Peterborough, which is this small community that you just wouldn't even think that this was a thing. Um, so I really think parents are mostly unaware that this is happening. It's very true. I think the the biggest like shock that I had myself even when I found out was most of these traffickers are young. They're like 18 to 34. So like you you would assume these traffickers are older and they're like oh you know and these girls are like excited. You know when you're young you're like oh I'm I'm dating this like hot older guy but he's not like old in the sense that you know it's like 45 50 these guys are like young so to say it's scary and i actually wrote down like the top 10 uh, signs so i think okay. I'll, we can go through them if you want oh, i would um, love that yeah so the first one's basically this was a very common one they'll start being like the, the person who's getting victim like who's a victim is um mostly going to start feeling like they're just dis like disconnected from the family and friends so they start like isolating them like the traffickers start of getting the victims and they like isolate them completely so you will stop seeing them you'll stop seeing the victim you will and if you do connect with them they get defensive that's another thing if you do confront them they will get very defensive um the other one was they stop attending schools you will see and this one i think i brought it up last time when we spoke too what is happening is a lot of traffickers are smart they will take these girls out of the schools and then bring them back before the school ends. So they'll be back home in the afternoon, in the evening with their families. And this is exactly what happened uh, in this case in Peterborough that they were talking about. This girl was being picked up by her, her pimp, I guess, at school in the morning and dropped off at the end of the day back at school. So she was getting the bus to school and the bus home from school. So you know, you think everything is just happening as it should, but it's really not. I said this even last time, but it's very important for parents to really see what their kids are up to in a sense that please have surveillance. It's, it's scary to say this. One of the, one of the, I'm just repeating what the police said during one of my documentary screenings to one of the parents. 
it's like you will have to have surveillance until they grow up and have like understanding of what human trafficking is actually about yeah they will get mad but you're trying to protect them because tiktok is not safe instagram is not safe instagram live is not safe putting up where you are in the middle of the day is not safe you know yeah. uh, one of the other things that i do notice is like sudden and dramatic changes in behavior because if your kid is suddenly like very bubbly and things and suddenly they become like it's the same thing that goes hand in hand with isolation right because if you're isolated you have this fear you start becoming defensive. That's so sudden change of behavior is one thing. Another thing is showing like disoriented. They're, they're very disoriented and confused. So when you ask them questions, they just seem like lost. It's just a feeling of lost and it, it's, it affects your mental health. So when your mental health is affected, you kind of want to just lock yourself down and you don't want to talk about it. There's a lot of fear attached to it. The other thing is they, they become very like timid and fearful. Every time you ask them a question, they'll feel like they're, they're, it's like submissive behavior, basically. So there's a lot of fear involved in that. And that's a tactic that these pimps are using, right? Is to create that fear. I will harm your family or I will tell your friend. I will expose you in some way. Oh, you, you know, it's interesting that you say that because these pimps, they're using manuals that are available online on how to properly traffic a girl. And, and books like The Game and Art of Seduction are used because this is a pickup artist books, right? So if you learn how to play with that psychology, it's very easy for a young girl to be manipulated. And not just young girl, I think as women or as anyone, human nature, it's if you're going to give some, someone everything that they ever wanted and then start pulling back after three months, you're going to be like, oh, did I do something wrong? It's so subtle. It is so, oh, it, it like makes me angry like, thinking about it. And it's so like smooth. And you don't, like the victim won't even realize that they are victimized. That's right. the problem. Because a lot of them have a lot of guilt and shame attached to it. And they don't know that they're actually a victim. They think that they, they did this, which is where like the thin line is. So they, they haven't done anything. It's just they've been trafficked. Um, another thing that I noticed was um, they appear to be coached when they're, they're responding. If you confront them, they appear very like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just late. I'm just hanging out with my friends or like, they won't tell you the real truth. And that leads to being coaching also leads to like having expensive stuff all of a sudden, like expensive clothes, bags, like expensive, um, what else was there? Like, oh, inappropriate clothing as well. You'll see like inappropriate clothing that's been worn. They're too young to wear certain clothes. Maybe like you, you can notice all those things too. But most, most times the indicator that I've noticed is expensive things. Like okay. getting, yeah, bags and things. Oh, and another thing, who they're hanging out with, like the company that they have, see how the friend is or whoever they're hanging out with because you got to realize like all of these traffickers are controllers. So if you end up seeing your daughter or anyone, even guys get trafficked, but I don't know much about it, but I know that they do. If their friend is controlled, if they have a controlling behavior, that's one other indication. Because normally that young group won't have that. But if they are, then you know, you have to confront them about it. Right. Okay. So where can parents go to sort of, if they suspect or they need to talk through this with somebody, are there places they can go uh, to talk to professionals about this? Yes, yeah, so there's a Canadian human trafficking helpline. Police can absolutely help. Actually, just um, last month, 
they came up with the five-year strategy on how to combat human trafficking in Canada. And they're going to be starting to implement that very soon. Okay, excellent. And so if people want to see your documentary, which is, is very much about this, this problem in Canada, where can they go? So I'm trying to get it up on Amazon. The reason why it's not up yet is because I'm using that to leverage it to making into a series, which I'm writing right now. Excellent. So, That's good news. Yeah. The goal is to, because the documentary just showcases what the government is doing, what uh, there was a trafficker that was involved, like a little bit of story about that. The, the series is about how the manipulation actually happens. So when you watch it, you're going to notice the whole thing happening in front of your eyes. So now you know what is going on versus just someone telling a story. Right. Okay. So that's excellent. what I've been on. Thank you, Shreya. Thank you so much. Bye. That's what she said for this week. Be sure to follow me on What She Said Talk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for videos of these interviews and more. You can also subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify for extended interviews and complete shows. I'll be back next week with more great interviews to keep you entertained and informed as we work together to plank the curve. Previous episodes of What She Said on 1059theregion.com.